dopamine is such a critical neurotransmitter, but it's really what is involved in why we continue to do what we do. This is what is going to reinforce the repetition. And so showing gratitude also promotes this sort of pro-social behavior because it sort of runs loop-de-loo. I express gratitude. I feel good. So then I want, when I feel good, I'm more likely to spread positivity to those you work, live, and play with. And so then I want to do more good because I feel good. And this is a good cycle or an adaptive cycle to practice. The circle of gratitude. I like it. Yes. Bandwidth for Changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode cloud servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. This podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. If you have specific questions or concerns, we encourage you to consult a health professional in your local area. From Changelog Media, this is Brain Science, a podcast for the curious. We're exploring the inner workings of the human brain to understand behavior change, habit formation, mental health, and what it means to be human. It's brain science applied, not just how does the brain work, but how do we apply what we know about the brain to transform our lives? I'm Adam Stachowiak. And I'm Dr. Marielle Reese. You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about habits or ways in which our brain work that help people be their best selves. And one of those things is with attention, right? Where attention goes, energy flows. I'm more apt to feed whatever it is I focus my mind on. And I think especially nowadays with so much change going on in our world and our lives that we're really caught up in that competition around our attention. Mm -hmm. So with that, I just wanted to help our listeners sort of use this time in a way that they could even potentially start to build in another habit that would be really helpful. And so gratitude. Gratitude, ironically, is actually a habit we can practice. Have you ever thought of gratitude like a habit? Um, To some degree. I don't know if I've ever really framed it as a habit, but it's definitely something I sort of like always try to layer in because there's so much to be to be to gripe about, to complain about. Sure. And what not many people know about me is I, I easily complain. And that's one thing I don't like about myself or my attitude sometimes. So I always have to like be aware of that. And so I feel like if I can layer in some gratitude towards things or just take stock in the day of like, you know, not so much what went well, but what am I really thankful for my family, especially in times like this, like, you know, you kind of get to this essentials. What what is most essential to me? And I guess when you start to like take stock of that, it's easy to find things you're grateful for. Yeah. Well, what I love about topics like this is that, you know, other people have spent the time actually researching around this to go what sort of behaviors actually do contribute to, you know, making a difference in people's mentality and henceforth how they feel. Yeah. And so gratitude, particularly if this is something you practice regularly, can actually keep you healthier and happier. Who doesn't want that? Mm. <laughs> right? What exactly is gratitude, though? So 
Good question. Gratitude really is this sense of appreciation or recognizing a, a value that something matters to you. And, you know, I think in a lot of people utilize gratitude in terms of comparison, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm so thankful or I'm, I'm grateful that that's not my struggle or I don't have to deal with that. I mean, thinking about it around um, other people who have, you know, other challenges or at, at least, you know, right now I didn't lose my job, so I should be just grateful or I should feel good, right? Mm-hmm. That's not gratitude in a way in which is adaptive. It requires an appreciation of the positive aspects that you actually believe about your particular situation. Mm. It's not comparison. What about thankfulness? Is thankful and uh, grateful, are those synonymous words, are they the same? Well, I think that they're similar. I can't think of a way in which I would overtly differentiate them, but I think gratefulness implies this sense of sort of like swelling in your heart of like my my heart gets bigger or fuller. Like I'm so grateful for something that I have or an opportunity. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think an expansion is associated with it. Like while thankfulness yeah. is one thing, like I, I tend to associate thankful with Thanksgiving, right? right? And that is, you know, you see those like 30-day thankful challenges and things like that, which are are great. But what if we were to practice this sense of gratefulness more routinely as opposed to sporadically? Do you think maybe grateful is maybe a layered on then? So uh, thankful is recognition and grateful is an overwhelming recognition? Hmm. I'll have to dig deeper, but that fits. I mean, it makes makes sense and, and resonates for sure. Yeah. Well, just kind of having a, a base of like understanding that word. And then if we're going to try to ask people to say, hey, apply this in your life habitually, you know, in positive ways to become healthier, happier. Right. We have to sort of understand the baseline of like what actually is being grateful. What is gratitude? Yeah. It's really a sense of appreciation. I value, I care about, you know, opportunities, relationships. I mean, a lot of times I approach this in terms of people navigating the challenging process of grief or grieving because it's incredibly painful, right? I mean, there isn't a way to sort of reconcile and be like, well, I shouldn't hurt that bad (laughs) or I shouldn't feel that sad, right? But what researchers have found is that actually practicing this sense of gratitude, like, you know, you could hurt less, right? Like, if you loved less. So mm. I am so grateful for, like, I think about this with my children, my husband, like, I am grateful for the opportunities that I have with them, because I'm not in charge of everything that could happen to them. And, you know, that would be tragic, no, no matter what, any way you slice it, Right. So instead of going and trying to imagine, like we've talked about the distorted thinking, like catastrophic thinking, right? I'm going to play out every imaginable catastrophe that could occur in preparation for, right? And that that actually doesn't help me navigate that situation or event any better because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm never going to be prepared. Yeah. What does matter is instead gratefulness or gratitude, like You know, I'm grateful that, you know, I mean, I have more of an opportunity right now to spend time with my family, right? Everybody, I'm sure, has mixed 
feelings about that, but everybody has something they can be grateful for. And it doesn't matter. It's not in relationship to any other person, but rather their particular situation and feelings. You know, too, when when uh, something you care about is threatened, mm-hmm. right, it, it, you kind of take stock more so like, wow, I really have these amazing people in my life, these amazing opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're threatened by something looming, whatever it might be. And it's like, you know what? These things really matter to me, right? And I, I need to change my. And we talked about mental frameworks. I need to change my thinking on how I, my perspective on them, how I, how I perceive them, how I, the value I place in my life. And I think that's where gratitude comes in. Is like, right? I now see them differently, or in a more different light. They, they're more. There's clarity involved. You know, the visibility, the sort of, the panoramic view, so to speak, as you've mentioned before. It, it becomes more clear of these essentials, these valuable, grateful things in your life. Right. Exactly, Adam, because when we practice gratitude, it reinforces practices, more positive thinking, which opens your eyes to more opportunity. Yeah. So there's a gentleman named Fredrickson who refers to the theory broaden and build because positive emotions tend to broaden your sense of possibilities and open your mind, which in turn allows you to build new skills and resources that can provide value in other areas of your life. You know, negative emotions, like we've talked about before, do the opposite, right? Because if I'm activated emotionally and I am focused on my attention is captivated by possible dangers or threats, right? I I can't respond in the same sort of way. Yeah, you you sort of retract. Yeah. Well, because I'm I'm focused on defense. If I perceive a threat, I'm not going to just go about my day. I'm going to be like, fight, fight, or freeze, baby. Like, I got to get prepared in whatever way. So I'm that also doesn't allow me to see broader in any way. I think I've shared this on previous episodes. But when we're ignited in that fight or flight, we tend to see far and narrow. And when we talk about sort of how we see and when I'm referencing this concept of, of sort of with our mind's eye, I always say it is not the eyes that see or the ears that hear, but it's the way in which our brain processes the information that creates how we see. Right. Which is why mental frameworks are important and mm-hmm. perspective and positive thinking over negative thinking. Yep. Yeah. Because you can see far and narrow, but you don't have that panoramic view. You don't see wide in terms of your, uh, what, what do you call that? When you can see really peripheral, like yeah, peripheral vision. I uh-huh. couldn't, I, I couldn't get the the word in my brain, but yeah, your peripheral vision, like it, you essentially can only see right. a certain degree in front of you, but your uh, peripheral vision gives you the opportunity to see. I don't know what the exact science is behind it, but I'm I'm assuming at least ninety plus degrees, maybe more. Right. You know, maybe one eighty. Yes. Yeah. For some that are really good at it. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting that you talk about it like that because, you know, even between my husband and I, like we always joke, like he's got the visual aspects and I'm the words, <laughs> I'm verbal, but his ability to see things is so different than me. And so he'll always be like, how can you not see that? <laughs> but, but I don't because yeah. that's not what I've tuned or practiced my eyes to see. 
Right. And so that's just it. The reason why this practice or skill is so valuable is because while it might seem small, it's the cumulative effect that is huge. Mm-hmm. Right? It has this sort of exponential multiply effect after practicing it over and over again. And so one of the things that is helpful whenever we're trying to learn a new skill is create sort of like a hiccup, a way in which it sort of stands out so that I remember to do this. And so people um, encouraging them to even put, like literally wrap a present. It doesn't have to have anything in the box, but that it's in your visual field when you wake in the morning. Because then you're like, what can I be grateful for today? It's a fine tuning, right? It's mm-hmm. a fine tuning of your focus on the positive, mm-hmm. not the negative. And that doesn't mean the negative doesn't exist, right? Right. Because I'm thinking, how can we in today's world rate this moment, while we have uncertainty looming over us, how can we ask people to be to find a habit of gratefulness? Yeah. Of gratitude. You know, how how can we ask that with the negativity? And I think what it is is just it's not dismissing the negative. It's preferring the positive. Exactly. While acknowledging the negative. Precisely. And great word there, acknowledging. Like, I'm not going to deny that there's other ill effects or uncomfortable, unwanted aspects of any one person's life right now. But rather, while that is going on, there is also benefits and blessings within whatever circumstance. Yeah. Right? Help me add to this list because I wrote this down thinking about this idea of practicing gratitude. And I, th- I thought of it as like a layering of many skills. Some we've covered on the show, some we plan to cover in more deeper aspects, but like habits. We'll talk about journaling and other things you could do to sort of like get a framework of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Marginal gains mm-hmm. where you have consistency of desired habits, sort of creating these marginal gains over time. You know, a 1% difference versus say a 10% difference, for example. We talked about mental frameworks. That's how you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, building in margin, so doing what you can sustain those things. These all things are sort of like layered skills Sure. to get us into this practicing gratitude. What, what can you add to that? Well, one of the things is, you know, I, I'm not sure how many of our listeners have heard this, but, you know, it's not recommended that when you wake up, you first look at email. Yeah. And the reason being is that it prompts more of this reactive mode of like, I am, I'm already filtering and have to figure out how to respond. Right. And so gratitude, on the other hand, is a practice that that is helpful to do first, like in your sort of top three in the day, because it sort of sets up your mind like this is the direction I want to run for the day. So, you know, exercise is awesome because that actually helps. And we'll talk about this more in upcoming episodes, but how it improves cognitive flexibility. So think exercise for the body is like yoga for the brain. It allows Mm. you to move and stretch and contort yourself more than you would without the exercise. And so gratitude is a skill or a habit that you can practice that actually, right, broadens and builds upon other skills so that you're sort of in charge more of your mind and how you respond to things. Mm -hmm. Starting with gratitude is is an interesting concept because – while I've considered and have built in gratitude into my life more so, I don't know when exactly, but I can tell it's been in my life and my and my mental framework for a while. Maybe not every single day, but definitely a part of, 
you know, my psyche, how I think, you know, it's a part of how I think, but I can't say that I've started my day with it. Yeah. Starting is different. It is. Starting your day with it. Like, I think when you said that perspective of like, of how you run your day with gratitude, if you begin with it, it's easy to sort of, it's already happened. So it's like, I don't know if this is a great analogy, but it's like breaking spades, right? Like if you've ever played spades, the, the card game, once spades are broken, you can play a spade. So yes. if you play your spade, your your, yes. your gratitude spade, so to speak, right. in the morning, first thing, then it's there all day and you can play that spade all day long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that you want to set up the conditions internally so that you can better manage the external environment and challenges that emerge throughout the, your day. I mean- I get into my car, I have a sense of where I'm going to be going, right? I don't go, right. oh, shoot, what was I going to do? Where was I going to go? And I definitely don't check with anybody else. Like, where were you going? Because am I going there? <laughs> right? Yeah. Gratitude is a way in which I think about it like setting your mind according to a certain channel, right? So I'm I'm going, this is mm. where I'm going to focus my mind. And I can turn the channel. Sure, I can go to this other one and look at all of the things that are unpleasant, upsetting, unwanted, whatever unword you can think of, right? Yeah. Or I can go, you know what? Like while those things are happening, I'm also so thankful for X, Y, or Z. And so one other thing with this is we mentioned not comparing to anybody else, but also writing it down. Mm. You know, having worked in brain injury, so helping people with memory problems, which often occurs after brain injury, one of the best strategies that we would teach is writing things down. And the reason being is that it enhances attention and it's there's so many more cognitive processes that go along with writing something down because I actually have to put my attention to it, right? I have to reflect on it. Then I have to signal to my supplementary motor cortex, hey, hand, write these letters, move in this way, and then I'm looking at it again. So writing those down, that also has been shown within the research to make a difference with how people feel. Tim Ferriss, I'm going to paraphrase something he had said. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this fellow or not, but he uh, is super popular, wrote a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. That was his claim to fame and has since done tons of cool stuff. He's uh, an experimenter in many, many ways. And a day ago... As of this recording, he shared a YouTube video called How I Take Notes in Journal. And in here, one of the things he said happens when you journal is – and there's different practices of journaling. You know, sure. Like they're not all the same. There's many – like anything, there's many, many layers to it and many different ways you can and many different styles of journaling to get a certain result. And what he had said was like it's, it's cementing today's thought. It's cementing this idea. Mm-hmm. In time, it's like taking a snap, it's a picture, so to speak, of your mind's eye, of your thoughts, of the way you, your framework of thinking, how you verbalize it then for further analysis, for any reason. But that was, I'm paraphrasing what he said, was just sort of cementing this idea. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah. So I also think about it sort of like consolidating. So it really also hones your focus, right? Mm. Because you wrote it down, it's clearer and it's now got form as opposed to the sort of ethereal, sort of random thought cloud that goes by in my mind. Right. So not just thinking about the things I'm grateful for, but like writing them down. What about declogging? 
you said consolidating, but what about declogging? Because like, yeah, if we think about our brains as some variation of a computer, we have a marginal right. cognitive load we can handle or sustain over time. Mm-hmm. Removing some of these thoughts, right. especially around gratitude, so you can like get it out. Yep. To sort of like declog the brain to move on and do the things you need to do that day. Yeah, exactly that. Because you are consolidating, defragging, like I'm getting rid of the extraneous, irrelevant thing. So if you can understand, right, like you are literally training your mind's eye to see the world in this way over and over again. It's kind of like glasses. It is. Yes. Right. It kind of makes me think if it, if I can tint the world in a way. Yes. Right. Glasses do that. Sunglasses do that. Glasses can do that with transitional lenses. Cooler sunglasses that are like pink or blue or whatever colors. It tints the world. It does. I love that. Yeah. This hue of, you know, that's why it improves health, Adam, because you're actually practicing seeing the upside of all the things. So I can't help but if we're talking about, you know, this conceptually that I want to talk about the science behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that researchers have found is that practicing gratitude promotes or provides greater activity in the medial prefrontal cortex. Okay, so the medial prefrontal cortex, say that five times fast, right? Um, This part of the brain is an area in the frontal lobe where your two hemispheres meet. Okay. And this area of the brain, it does a lot of different things, but it is associated with understanding other people's perspectives, i.e. related to empathy, right? And feelings Mm -hmm. of relief. It's also massively connected to the systems in the body and brain that regulate emotion and support the process of stress relief. It doesn't want that, right? (laughs) Right. Exactly, right? So it actually, like calms your emotions, right? We know like stress, we're all going to react to stress, but we want to be able to come back down. Encountering stress or having stress isn't a bad thing. It is prolonged stress, chronic stress that doesn't change. So this medial prefrontal cortex also is linked to learning and making decisions, okay? And so there's a study done and they did functional MRIs. Okay, with two different groups. And the first group was directed to think of a recent time in which they felt really grateful and replay that in their mind. Okay, while the second group spoke their gratitude aloud as though it was being recorded to be shared with the person they expressed it to. Okay, the scans showed that there was a surge of activity in this medial prefrontal cortex of the brain when the subjects expressed the gratitude that was different from the brain activity seen when they these people were feeling grateful but mm-hmm. didn't express it. So it doesn't, right? We're going back and linking this back in. It doesn't just come from being grateful but expressing gratitude. Mm. This is why, I mean, think relationally, right? Like, even with your wife, it makes a difference if she tells you something like, hey, Adam, thanks for doing the laundry. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Thank you. As as opposed to, you know, she just thought it. And then you're like, hey, babe, did you notice? Right. And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's uh, it's kind of like uh, show me, don't tell me kind of thing. Express it is show me and yep. tell me is sort of just think it and replay the motion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and so it's not surprising that this also relates to how we relate or have relationships. Well, it's the feedback loop too, Yeah. right? We've talked about this a thousand times Mm -hmm. and ever since I can't get it out of my brain, like maybe it's the... Mm-hmm. Just the way things happen with when you learn new things, but this feedback loop, like it's a necessary social component to our lives that make us human. So the feedback loop, mm-hmm. wanting to have feedback from someone I deeply care about, it's important to me and it affects me yeah. in the moment and forever. Yeah, exactly. And so not surprising that this practice also activates the brain sort of altruism and reward system regions. Mm. So another study found that practicing this, um, what they re- researchers describe as neural p- pure altruism, which basically means that your brain craves the experience of giving, right? I'm going to give without expectation of return. And so in this study, two groups of participants were asked to write in a journal every day for three weeks. The first group was given general prompts unrelated to gratitude, while the second group was prompted to write about experiences of gratitude and things they felt thankful for. Again, when these groups were compared, the results showed that the group that had focused on gratitude had greater activation in this ventral medial prefrontal cortex and this neural pure altruism. Mm. Right? That's deep. And I think about this, like, because I help so many people trying to navigate relational challenges and the concept of giving without expectation of return and how that shouldn't be linked in terms of resentment. Like one of the indicators sort of when it comes to boundaries is going, when my resentment button sort of goes off, I know I gave and I actually didn't have it to give because I expected a response. I expected mm. it to be sort of tit for tat. This ventral medial, is that uh, that's different than, say, the medial prefrontal cortex? Is, are they the same? Well, it's sort of a, even more specific, right? Gotcha. Okay. So medial prefrontal, then ventral medial. So, yeah. But the point is, is that those who'd focused on gratitude had greater activation in that area of the brain. Right. And so it's just showing that, like, This literally affects our brain. Right. And that's the area that reinforces uh, emotional balance, Mm -hmm. stress levels, Mm -hmm. things like that. And so obviously we want to – regulating emotion is a pretty important thing. If I was like up and down Mm -hmm. constantly, I I can't regulate my emotion. That's probably not a good person to be around generally because they may be hard to tame. You know, They're just like an animal. Right. And if I have just high amounts of stress, that's that's obviously, especially prolonged stress, it's going to have negative effects on me in my, my relationships, mm-hmm. my physical body over time, my adrenal glands, all these different things that sort of play a role in managing and dealing with stress. Yes. Yeah. So this frontal lobe sort of, again, all part of that same area in the brain is involved with this perspective taking. So very much like the forest for the trees. So when I can see things in sort of side by side, or often I'll reference it like picture in picture, that I can see the broader perspective amidst the mini perspective. That's why gratitude, it doesn't mean I'm okay with it, whatever I might be going through. It doesn't mean like this is fun or I desired X, Y, or Z, but rather while X, Y, or Z is occurring or during or amidst this other aspect, I also see this blessing that is 
you know, good. Mm. What about the aspect? Can you kind of go deeper on the, I don't know if you use the word addiction to helping reframe that for me. Remind me what you said there. Cause I, I'm probably framing it wrong with altruism and resentment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, relationships are complicated, right? <laughs> and everybody has different sort of ideas around what it looks like to give in relationship. And I always talk about it in terms of you, me, and we. So imagine two circles, there's you, there's me, and then we both participate in the overlapping portion of the we, okay? And so ideally, we don't want it to be like you and me all intertwined, like they're, it's completely overlapping, like eclipsing, and we don't want them totally separate. But we both participate in this overlap that is sort of how we both want the relationship to go and look like. And sometimes there's sort of disproportionate giving, dare I say, like I give and the other person takes mm. or the other person takes and I give <laughs> like and recognizing when people sort of feel this sense of resentment. It's sort of our, our bodies or our brains own indicator light of like, maybe I gave something that was beyond what I really wanted to give because I'm expectant around them giving something back to me. So imagine I'm more focused on an outcome as opposed to just altruistically, like this is what I want to give because I can't help myself and I want to give it to you because I care about you, I appreciate you, et cetera. Yeah, that's what that's what I heard. Then. I can't help myself. Not addiction. No. I can't help myself. I want to do it because it's just like I just – I can't stop. I just have to. I have to be. Yeah. I have to be this way. So an example, I think, too, would be much more along the lines of like at Christmas time and like where I live, there's, you know, bridges and ferries and people will go through the bridges and pay for the people behind them. And so they're not ex that didn't benefit them in any way. <laughs> Yeah. Rather, but it's the sense of altruism or do-goodism. And and I think that actually that's very present in our culture nowadays, that we're seeing more and more people sort of giving because they know there's a need and they have it to give. So leaping over, sort of stepping over a little bit in terms of addiction, right, that more so related to the same neurotransmitter. But dopamine is involved in gratitude, this is the important neurotransmitter when it comes to pleasure, reward, motivation, attention, and bodily movements, okay? So it actually gives you a natural high, creating those good feelings and motivates mm -hmm. you to repeat specific behaviors, including expressing gratitude more often. So, right. you know, in this way, that's why dopamine is involved in the case of addiction, but gratitude I'm not sure that being addicted to it would actually be a bad thing. I don't know. You'd be overly gracious, you know, overly thankful constantly. It might get annoying. That's, <laughs> that, may be the, that might be the downside is the annoyance of like, okay, I get it. I get it. I mean a lot to you. Let's move on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that would be more so than you're only focusing on the negative. That side. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to really dig deep into this. I love the science behind it. I love the practical aspects of starting each day with gratitude and, you know, tactical things you could do like journaling to sort of express this and write it down and sort of cement these ideas. But then you can't really deny the brain science behind it with 
the medial prefrontal cortex and all the aspects happening there, mm -hmm. the dopamine, the stress levels, the emotional regulation happening. I mean, these are all things we all desire. Or if you're to some degree educated about the human body and your desire for health, mm -hmm. these are things you start to like really begin to understand. Like for me, I didn't really grok or begin to understand mm -hmm. health related things, especially around food until my 30s. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, I just wasn't educated in my teens, obviously, because I'm, you know, an adolescent and then 20s, you know, to under really understand the health benefits of food and just things like that. And so that was the first step into understanding health. Mm -hmm. Right. And then as you become more and more aware of health and health aspects, gratitude is kind of an easy button. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of an easy button. It really is. I mean, dopamine is such a critical neurotransmitter, but it, it's really what is involved in why we continue to do what we do. If you haven't, we talk more about this in our other episode on habit formation. But this is what is going to reinforce the repetition of doing it. And so Showing gratitude also promotes this sort of pro-social behavior because it sort of runs loop-de-loo. -loo. Mm. So I express gratitude. I feel good. So then I want when I feel good, I'm more likely to spread positivity to those you work, live, and play with, right? And so then I want to do more good <laughs> because I feel good. And this is a good cycle or an adaptive cycle to practice. The circle of gratitude. Mm. I like it. Yes. You can't just help do it. I mean, sure, like I said before, you know, it's it's easy to see the negative. And there is, in some cases, especially right now, a lot of negativity. Mm -hmm. You turn on the news, get negative right away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, not acknowledging the fact that there is negativity or bad things happening or things to be sad about even or to grieve about. Yes. But – Going back to the mental framework, how do we think, you know, neurons that fire together, wire together, that whole thing. Like the more you focus your awareness and your attention on something, you know, the deeper the roots go. So err on the side of focusing on positivity, gratitude, mm -hmm. and not the negative. Yep. Yeah. And you're spot on, Adam, because it, it really is. I sort of imagine two lanes. The negative is there. And I'm not saying, you know, ignore it or deny it. But going, I'm just not going to sort of enhance it. I'm not going to blow that up in my mind's eye so that the negative clouds over any and all of the good that could be in it. Yeah. Let's get practical. You mentioned journaling before. What are some other ways that people can practically implement and practice this idea of gratitude? I love this. Like one of the things you can do in the workplace is actually start meetings with like what went well. Yeah. I think especially in creative endeavors when people are vulnerable, right? Because it's their creation. And, right, and criticized. Right. So starting with it with going, hey, let's look at what you did well. You're practicing tuning your mind's eye to, to seeing those things more often alongside some of the challenges that emerge. I like that. There's actually a practice in software called uh, Agile. It's a methodology for producing a product essentially. Mm -hmm. And it is part of one of the requirements or prescriptions for agile software development is this idea of a retrospective, mm -hmm. right? And so after what's called a sprint, a time period for which you put towards building something and then saying, okay, what do we build? How did it go? This retrospective 
is a time for the team to come together. Part of that is what went well, what didn't go well, and what shouldn't we do ever again? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it kind of brings that aspect into it. So it's to some degree that what went well is second nature to many folks in tech or software. It's a it's an often thing. And I love the aspect of retrospective. That's why I think I loved being a product manager so much is because I really enjoyed the process of the collaboration, I suppose, mm-hmm. and the examination of what we did, wh- how well did we do it, how well did we not do it, and what shouldn't we do anymore kind of thing. I, like that whole process had a lot of tangible things for me that I really enjoyed the process. I really enjoyed the process of that. You know, I think that's really huge because we've we've sort of talked about this and referenced it in other ways, but that is exactly what happens is that practicing gratitude allows you to fall more in love with process over outcomes. Yeah. Because, you know, if I set myself up, I mean, right? Like, why do sports sort of get us so much, right? Like, we can be devastated for the day if our team didn't win. That's true. It's true. <laughs> right? Yes. But, so true. But rather going, you know, I just love the process of competing. And it's so fun around can I do better and what can I learn from and like what could we tweak or improve upon and what legitimately went well because all of those things sit together. Yeah. And I think that that's really the way that you can enjoy your life more, right? Because then you're not sort of vying for or optimizing around trying to cultivate a specific outcome. Like I only get to feel good when this happens. This happens, yeah. I'm glad you brought the optimizing for too, because I think that's what we're doing with the mental framework is it's an optimizing for. Mm-hmm. To me, that idea, what am I optimizing for, has just resonates often. It kind of resurfaces, resonates. It's this thing I sort of like recalculate, reevaluate often because it it's, it's my kind of um, – I have a trajectory of where I'm trying to go in life generally, mm-hmm. but I'm making incremental shifts along the way you know, one step forward, one day forward to get there. And my my optimization for, if I'm optimizing for negativity, mm-hmm. we know this, we, we've talked to the, the negative sciences around that. Mm-hmm. If I'm optimizing for uh, optimism and, you know, gratitude and the positive sides of things, it's going to benefit me so much better and those around me. Right. I think about it sort of like the template or a mental framework is being able to work with yourself. Right. But because imagine I might sort of want two different things at the same time. Right. And that I, you know, feel disappointed on one hand. But if I can go, well, you know what, here's the the part you did well. And here's the effort you were putting forth in that direction. So even though you didn't get that outcome you wanted, like go back and try it again, which is encouraging and motivating as opposed to discouraging and, you know, upsetting. This might be somewhat off topic. No, it's, it's on topic, but it's tangential. My son has magnet blocks and they have magnets. It's like building blocks, but they're not Legos where you click them together. It's magnets. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to build something and then let it crash. Yeah. And so he might erect this amazing thing and kind of move it a little bit. And because it's magnets and they're not extremely strong, mm-hmm. it will crumble. Mm-hmm. And so my immediate response, because it is pretty you know, disheartening to see your thing 
get crashed, right? <laughs> sure. It's it's kind of sad. So my way to kind of counteract that is try again. Yeah. That's all I say to them. And I say it in a positive way. Try again. Yeah. Because that's what we're doing, right? We have things in our life we build. We work so hard to make something and it crashes. And it's easy to just say, wow, gosh, you know, it's like, you know, you, and you never get back up. Right. You never try again. Right. But, you know, it can happen again. Just the, this aspect of like, try again. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. Your effort is not in vain. The outcome may not have been what you wanted because mm-hmm. it crashed, mm-hmm. you know, or it, it didn't. Yeah. It was no longer in the same way it was before, but right. try again. Yeah. And that's life. I mean, if you can imagine what we're doing is learning how to run sprints amidst a marathon. If I loathe or think sprints stink or I, I believe I can't run the marathon, I am not. I'm not even going to show up to the starting line let alone Mm -hmm. try to run the race. And so imagine you're sort of hacking yourself that by practicing this skill of gratitude, you're sort of creating a cognitive hack to set your brain up to see things in that perspective over and over and over again. I love it. There's a saying that says, it is not happy people who are thankful, but thankful people who are happy. When we practice gratitude, it allows us to sort of build and broaden not just our mind, but our hearts and the way in which we see ourselves, our world, and others. So that not only are we feeling better within ourselves, but that then can't help but affect others in a positive way too. And I don't know who can't get excited about that. All right, share your thoughts on gratitude in the comments. This is episode 17 of Brain Science, so head to changelog.com slash science slash 17. Do you focus on the positive? Do you focus on the negative? Are you an optimist? Are you a pessimist? Do you practice gratitude? Do you keep a gratitude journal? What are your thoughts? Let us know in the comments. We also want to encourage you to join our Slack community. It's totally free to you. Talk with me, Marielle, and others about all things brain science. Head to changelog.com slash community. Huge thanks to our partners who get it, Fastly, Linode, and Rollbar. Also, thanks to Breakmaster Cylinder for making all of our beats. And last but not least, if you want to hear more shows like this, subscribe to our master feed to get all of our podcasts. Head to changelog.com slash master or go into your podcast app and search for Changelog Master. You'll find it. It's one feed to rule them all. Get all of our shows as well as some extras that only hit the master feed. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.